HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by the Dairy Farm Families of Wisconsin, the Wisconsin Milk Marketing Board. Did you know that today Wisconsin produces more than 600 varieties, types, and styles of American, international style, and original cheese that win more awards than any other state or country? To learn more, visit eatwisconsincheese.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. Hello and welcome to Cutting the Curd, broadcasting live from the Heritage Radio Network. This is your host, Greg Blaze. On today's show, we have cheesemonger, educator, and consultant Francois Robin on the line from France. How are you, Francois? Hi, fine. And you? How are you? I'm good, man. I can hear you so well now. I'm super happy. <laughs> <laughs> Great. I, I'm, I'm quite in the middle of France, so maybe the connection was not that good before, but that's better. You sound amazing. Literally amazing. <laughs> good. Uh, in 2011, good. Francois earned the title of Meilleur Ouvrier de France, um, and that is a terrible pronunciation, but it's a title recognized by uh, the famous Red, White, and Blue Collar. Uh, for those of our listeners who don't understand or know what that is, could you tell us a little bit about that and then also how you got into cheese? Um, so, so to answer to the first part of your question, uh, uh, the title of Meilleur Ouvrier de France is uh, a title uh, that is designed for French persons only, and uh, it's a contest every four years. Um, it can be uh, given for uh, pastry chefs, but also carpenters, hairdressers, any, any uh, what we call ouvrier, that is to say a person that is working with its hands. And uh, the cheesemonger title uh, of Meilleur Ouvrier de France has been created in 2000. Uh, the, the first one um, was Mr. Hervé Mons, together with a few friends, but I think Hervé Mons is quite known in the U.S. Yes. And uh, I, I had uh, the, the incredible honor to get that title in 2011, uh, following a two years preparation, that is to say, uh, during that two years, I constantly thought about this contest. Uh, 
it's uh, something that can a little bit suck your brain because you, <laughs> you, 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 you are really committed to, to get this. And it's uh, certainly in France. Um, one of the highest honors you can have. Uh, for a cook, it's either having two or three stars at the Michelin uh, restaurant or, um, or having the color. It's almost the same recognition from your peers. So I was really happy to have that. Yeah, that sort of like designates you as a, like a badass at what you do. Uh, I wonder, um, <laughs> I'd really like to meet a hairdresser who did that. That's, uh, that's pretty interesting. Uh, um, that, I mean, <laughs> you, you, you can imagine a lot of things, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's cool, man. Um, that sounds like a great honor, um, and it's fantastic. I, I really, uh, I really think that that's very cool uh, that you got that. And uh, so, what he's saying is like, so he's he's known as one of the best workers in France, which is really really cool. That's what that title means. Um, so, how did you become a cheesemonger in the beginning? That uh, beginning of your road to lead you to this uh, to this high honor. Um, the, the, the beginning of the road was certainly when I was uh, uh, something like uh, a day old, <laughs> maybe a little bit more, uh, a month, because uh, um, my <laughs> the story is funny. My uh, mother quit. Uh, she was breastfeeding me, and she stopped that, and she was giving me the milk from the goat of my father's <laughs> farm. That is to say, <laughs> I was goat-fed uh, uh, from, from the, the beginning. You were weaned um, on goat's milk. <laughs> <laughs> that's fucking hilarious. I love that. That's, that's amazing. Uh, <laughs> that's great. And it, it was raw milk. It was raw milk. Of course. That's of the course. reason why I'm so stupid today. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I love you, man. That's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. So you grew so, up on a farm? Uh, that was the start. But uh, after that, uh, um, well, he was a cheesemaker in the west of France, uh-huh. the near a city named Cognac, uh-huh. that is world known for the brandy, of course. Oh, yes. But also for good, uh, good goat cheeses. Excellent. And uh, and uh, we, uh, I, I was, uh, I've been um, a kind of uh, entertainer and uh, rocker, uh, not cheese rock star, but a kind, of, not rock star, but I was uh, planning gigs in a gig venue, a rock and roll venue uh, in the west of France for a long, long time. And turning 35, 37 uh, in 2007, I, I decided to quit my job and to start um, the French uh, cheesemonger, to attend the French cheesemonger school in Paris. That's really, really amazing. Um, I, really, I really appreciate that. I'd love to have a, a designation like that here in the United States. That would be really, really awesome. I mean, we have cheesemongers here. We have a great uh, competition, the Cheesemonger Invitational, and then uh, the American Cheese Society has a certified cheese professional program. So we're getting there, but I mean, you know, you guys have a, um, a few hundred years on us as a country, so uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be able to catch up in, uh, at some time, but probably, you know, it'll take us a little while to get there. Um, maybe you can tell us a little bit about the French cheese scene now and about new cheesemongers coming up in France. Oh, yes. <clears throat> it's uh, interesting that, that you say we are a little bit ahead. Uh, we have the, the tradition of cheesemaking. We have the tradition of cheesemongering. Uh, but we're not that far. And from what I've seen, your scene, your U.S. scene is really uh, full of energy and full of, uh, um, um, how to say, you dare to do things. Yeah. Uh, in, France, <laughs> in France, we have the tradition that is a good 
base ground, but also a weight sometimes. That is to say, it can, uh, it can um, put you a little bit down because people say you must do that thing, you have to do that thing, and you have to follow the rules. Uh, sometimes when you don't have rules, you can create your own. <laughs> so yeah. that's really better. <laughs> I've been doing that my entire no, in life. In fact, we are um, um, today. I'm uh, instructor in a cheese school, in cheesemonger school in Lyon, and uh, I can. This year, I have 22 uh, new students, and all of them are coming from incredible backgrounds. Two are coming from financial. Uh, one was uh, a worker. There was um, a nurse. Uh, a lot of people coming from new uh, fields, different areas from, uh, than being a cheesemonger before. And so they are full of energy, full of passion. And the new scene is theirs. Um, and uh, we, we open uh, our arms to welcome them, I, as I was welcome uh, not that long ago. And uh, it's really good to have this new scene, not only because they have tattoos and beards, uh, <laughs> but also... <laughs> Yeah. But also because they have uh, a lot of patience, and that's what most uh, the most important part is that yeah. if they take the time to put um, to to build the house, that is to say, you start with the the, uh, the the basis, and then you build the wall, and then the rooftop and the inside decoration will be after. That is to say, you have to master the basic. Yeah, and so, knowledge, and then you can push uh, push it further after. So, in the beginning so of your training of these people, what do you start them off with? What did you start them? What did you start with? Did you start simply by working with the cheese itself and learning how to handle it, cut it, wrap it, and store it? Is that where you began, and is that how you teach your people to begin? Yes. Uh, we, <laughs> we, we start with the first thing, that is to say, where is the milk coming from? Sure. Uh, <laughs> and how can I see where the head of the cow is? Uh, <laughs> really? It's that simple. You, you have to take it from the start. Uh, so uh, if it comes to the cheese, yes, it was the first week they are in a shop and working, and so they have a lot, they have a lot of questions, and we start immediately to answer as much question as we can. But we get to follow uh, first the grazing, the cow or goat, um, and the milk. We have to follow that and explain them how it works. Uh, so it's, uh, it's, it's, um, it's a basic at the beginning, and then we go further, further, and further. Uh, in the knowledge of the cheese, in the knowledge of agriculture, um, um, of the, um, the cheese industry as well, and the terroir. In France, it's a big deal to sure. talk about the terroir. Um, you, you certainly have uh, an idea of that. A terroir is not only a place, but the animals that are adapted to that place, and also uh, how uh, the cheesemakers are um, taking advantage of the, the environment and the animals. It's a triangle, in fact. You need men and women. You need animals, and you need grazing. That's sure. what the terroir is. Absolutely. And I really, uh, what I found most interesting about the cheese in the very beginning, like when I, when I learned to become a cheesemonger, I didn't have a, a school to teach me, and I didn't have anyone to really show me anything. I had to learn by myself. And um, the place that I started was with all of the tools. I initially started... Uh, uh, by with some wires and then a few knives, and then I moved away from the wires, and I don't use any wires at all. 
Um, but in France, you're sort of bound to use specific tools for specific cheeses, correct? Um, <clears throat> yes, the tradition is so. If you come to Auvergne in the middle of France, uh-huh. and you, 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 you take a knife to cut open the Cantal, they will laugh at you. They will say, you do it with a wire. Sure. And so <laughs> the question is, um, of course you can do it with a knife. It's not a problem. No. Uh, the, the idea is you got to master all techniques just in case your knife is broken. Doesn't happen a lot, but it can be. Uh, you can use a wire, and if your wire is broken, you can use a knife. You you must be. Um, uh, you have you you must have enough skills to master every tools. Exactly. That's what I learned them. I teach my students to do that, and um, I think it's important. And then on daily basis, you have the the, uh, the tools that you prefer most. Yep. Sometimes they don't use wire anymore, and that's perfectly fine. Yeah. But you need to, to do it one, once, at least once in a traditional way, and then um, you can create your own um, techniques and tools. I agree with that 100%. Uh, the reason why I went away from wires is because I had to use them so much, and then one day after I was doing it, I was like, I hate this. I'm never using this again, and I have never used it again since in any place I've ever worked. But I agree with that. Uh, before you can sort of mess around and do your own thing, you have, to, uh, you have to learn the fundamentals. It's like riding a bike or doing anything. You have to learn how to, how to pedal and how to, how, to, how to keep that thing upright before you can you know, ride, on one, uh, ride on one wheel and stand on the handlebars. And I think that a lot of times people... Um, unfortunately, uh, they want to skip steps. They want to skip steps in their education and their knowledge. And, uh, and you know, I, that's why I'm really happy that there are things um, that are coming up in the U.S., uh, like the CMI, which is now really well established, and the CCP, and also uh, Sartori has another cheesemonger certification. Because you have to give people parameters to work within, or else they're really just sort of swimming around in the dark. And that's not good for anyone or anything. Um, so um, I actually, you know, I'm really happy that you said that. And it's really cool that you're teaching all of those people. I mean, that must make you feel really, really proud of both yourself and your country and all of the traditions therein in terms of cheese. Oh, uh, yes, we, we, we are uh, collectively really proud. But um, as, as you were saying, uh, uh, a cook uh, cannot make a 2.0 uh, uh, pie, for example, right. a quiche Lorraine, maybe you know that pie, uh, if you don't, don't know the original recipe. So first master the, the original recipe, then reinvent it anytime. It's uh, perfectly okay. But you have to do it the, the, the traditional way first. Uh, and then create a, a lot of energy. Uh, and a, a colleague of mine, um, uh, another meilleur ouvrier de France, Marc Janin, told uh, a, a super sentence. He, he told, okay, fr- in France we have a lot of tradition, but we need to be a tradition ahead. Uh, sure. That is to say, always inventing a new tradition. Um, the tradition is not something that is uh, stuck uh, into the past. If it's, if it's so, it's too late, it's bye-bye. Uh, you get to, to change things 
constantly. And that's what I've learned uh, um, uh, observing my uh, UK or US colleagues, uh, cheesemonger. They are passionate. They have a lot, tons of ideas, and um, it's it's a lesson that they give um, they gave us a few years ago. Say, hey. Let's move your ass. Don't wait. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Because if you do so, we will we will catch up. <laughs> exactly. So we're, we have to, to 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 stay just a little bit ahead. We're definitely coming for you, man. We're coming for you. We, we absolutely. <laughs> I <are>. know that. <laughs> you know, I've already sold a, a little bit of raw milk uh, American cheese to the French customer. Really? That. Which ones did you bring over, and which ones are you selling there? Um, we we had the. the um, Uh, Azel Azel Who makes that? As What farm? I'm, I do remember it was uh, Azel Blue, and uh, I just have bad memories uh, of name. I will find out uh, before the show ends. I think uh, that's awesome. I do, I, I do remember that I sold the, the cheeses. Tell the people uh, uh, you should blind test your guests. And after that, after they, they, they told you, oh, what a wonderful cheese it is, tell them then that it's an American one. Because that's cool. <laughs> if you start from the beginning to tell, okay, that's an American cheese, the French people are so overcrowded that they will say, no, no, I won't eat that. Of course not. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. We're going to take a short break, but we'll be right back with more cheesemongery talk with Francois. Stay with us. Today's program is brought to you by the Wisconsin Milk Marketing Board. Wisconsin produces the world's best cheese, period. Why? Lush grasslands, glacial water supply, fourth-generation cheesemakers, combining old-world tradition with the new ideas and highest standards. The very best milk. What do you think of when you think of Wisconsin cheese? For me, I think cheese curds, delicious fresh cheese curds, or deep fried cheese curds. Cheese curds literally any way, any time, any place. I think about Andy Hatch and Upland's Cheese Company, the operation behind the Pleasant Ridge Reserve cheese that's literally America's most awarded cheese. I think of the deliciously stinky Limburger and its long-storied history. I think about Raleigh's Dumbarton Blue, a perfect blend of English-style cheddar and notes of blue. I think of Emmy Roth's Grand Cru Chirchois, which was named 2016's World Champion at the World Championship Cheese Contest. Wisconsin is like the world champion of cheese, and once you start reading the list of cheeses made in Wisconsin on their website, you can see why. The Wisconsin Milk Marketing Board is a nonprofit organization funded entirely by Wisconsin's dairy farm families. Read more at eatwisconsincheese.com, and as soon as you're done listening to this podcast, eat Wisconsin cheese. It's a no-brainer. Welcome back to Cutting the Curd. I'm on the line with Francois Rabin. On, he's calling me from France, and we're talking about the cheese scene in France. I wanted to shift the conversation and get your perspective as a French cheesemonger on the scene here in America. Francois and I actually met at the Academy Opus Cassius Breakfast at the Fancy Food Show in June. Um, I don't know how often you get to travel here, but uh, what are your thoughts about what we're doing over here? You said before we have a lot of energy and a lot of passion. Uh, do you think we're doing a good job? I think you're doing a good job. Um, really, uh, really good. Uh, I haven't been that much in the U.S. for the moment, but I plan to. Uh, what I know is basically most of the things I've 
seen discussing with Susan Sturman from uh, Academy yeah. Opus Caseus and the Mons brothers as well. They are uh, really passionate about the U.S. scene. Um, I think you're doing really well. Uh, what I've eaten, the, the first, to me, the first um, uh, evidence of that is the taste of the cheese. If she, you can do whatever you want, but if the cheese that you have is not good... Now you're screwed. Yeah. So it, you have good cheeses. Yeah. I can, I can tell you that. Uh, you, it's, some of them are maybe more, could be better, but you cannot imagine a cheese in 10 years and make it perfect. You no get way. to master it for longer than that. Um, but what, what you're doing is having good cheeses and having passionate yeah. uh, key character on, on, on the chain, uh, cheesemakers, um, farmers, cheesemakers, uh, cheese affiner that is starting to be a little bit better. I, I've trained uh, um, Mr. Benton Brown from Crown Finish uh, in Brooklyn. Those uh, are some beautiful happy to be one of his first instructors. And um, also cheesemongers. Uh, yeah. What I've seen, I've been, I've been as any French cheesemonger, I've been to Marais, sure. New York. And uh, I've heard what, they say, what the cheesemongers are telling the customers. They are really uh, good about the cheese knowledge, maybe what, sometimes better than in France. Well, what, what we do have here and uh, what makes it – like, like you said, we make good cheese here because we have a country that is vast. And uh, there's a lot of good land still, thankfully, although it's shrinking – um, in my opinion, uh, we have a lot of good dairy here. You know, uh, the land is good for dairy in a lot of places. I mean, up here in the northeast where, where I am, it's arable. It's kind of wet and a little bit damp up in Vermont and uh, where I'm from in Massachusetts. And, um, you know, there's a lot of green grass up there and there's a lot of animals that really like you know, the scenery. And uh, as, in you, as you are doing there, um, there's definitely been a return to the land of some, some people. I think people are tired of working in boxes, um, in offices, and sitting behind desks pushing papers and numbers for people and really not doing anything of note with their lives and, uh, you know, sort of living that existence. So a lot of people have gone back to the land, which I think is incredible. And, uh, and I think that's a lot where you see a renewed passion because people were so, you know, you, you get turned into a drone in this world after a while. And so, you know, when you go back and you have visceral and, and physical things that you have to do on a daily basis, like milking goats, milking cows, bringing animals out to pasture, bringing them back in and just living that, you know, 21 hour a day existence of the farmer, uh, you know, I mean, like that's, that's, that's actually worth it for people. You know what I mean? Would you agree with that? Oh, yes. I, I think it's, uh, um, it's a strong current, certainly stronger uh, in, in the U.S. than uh, we, uh, than in France, because we have more, uh, um, more tradition in that, and small farmers are uh, existing for a longer time. Um, um, I understand that uh, People are tired of pushing boxes and uh, are working in a box and pushing papers, as, as you say. Um, and when you go uh, to, to work as a cheesemonger, uh, you, you are happy because you don't have any meeting. You just exactly. have cheese, and that's, that's perfect. Uh, <laughs> but also, I, um, 
the question I have is sometimes these people are, that are going back to the land to produce, they don't know how hard the life at the farm it's is. It's true. Um, I, I know that by heart because my dad was a farmer. Yeah. So I know that you don't have any weekends. You don't have any, uh, any time to spend with your kids or holidays. I don't want you to cry, but uh, no. <laughs> the truth. Look, things <laughs> so, in life become a labor of love. You know, I think that if you find something or if you're part of something that takes up all of your life and time like that and it's worthwhile, then you're a blessed individual. And, uh, you know, because pushing some nine to five and then having your weekends off, you live a very certain type of lifestyle. And, uh, and I think that, you know, that is, you know, becomes less progressive as time goes on. Um, Mm -hmm. How about the cheese scene in other places in the world that you've worked as a consultant? Where else have you worked and what's the cheese scene like in those places? Um, I've been to, to Middle East, to India. Really? Uh, I'm going to Vietnam next week. Um, <laughs> so great. I will see that, but it's, uh, um, just, uh, uh, it's just starting in that scene. Uh, today, uh, the, the cheese scene is uh, getting a little bit more exciting in the world uh, yeah. because uh, we are in a globalized uh, consumption. Sure. And people want to taste, to taste the cheeses from France because we still have really good cheeses. Hell <laughs> I yeah. You that. The best. <laughs> but uh, um, it's a newborn uh, scene. Uh, I've been amazed to see how uh, reactive Indian uh, bloggers yeah. uh, or uh, Arabic uh, people yeah. from Saudi Arabia were to, to what we propose them. And uh, I think the scene is, is quite uh, dynamic. But there is no cheesemonger scene here right. because the, it's what you can find in supermarkets. But no really, no real cheesemongers. Uh, the other one that we can see is the one that is uh, in Bra. Uh, you know the Bra Cheese Festival. I just got back Slow from Food. there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's a great scene, and you can see it's uh, living and existing everywhere. So um, <clears throat> I. Uh, also, listening to the the older uh, cheesemonger in France, they, they told us, "You are really lucky. It's like a golden age for uh, good quality cheeses here in France today, and in the world as well." Um, and at, at the end of the eighties, uh, the 70s and turning to the eighties, it was really difficult for a French cheesemonger. The the job almost disappeared because uh, the big companies had big stores, and we we didn't have our uh, high quality. Image. Um, so now it's really better. It's really better for uh, for the scene in France, but also from what I've seen in the, in the north of Europe. I've been to uh, to Sweden. I've yeah. been to Denmark. I've, I've seen a lot of uh, cheese cheese passionate people. And uh, what is good also that you can find good farmers working uh, um, organic uh, in in all these places. And it's really good because everyone got its own terroir. Yes, we are not does. the only ones who have it in France. I you, wanted, you, you, you deserve to have yours. I wanted to understand, you mentioned that. So what, what kind of cheeses are made in Vietnam? That's really interesting. I mean, I've interviewed uh, <laughs> some gals from Mumbai that are listeners, and they're great, the Cheese Collective, uh, Mansi, um, that talked to me. And, uh, and I know that there are cheese traditions uh, in, um, you know, in northern Africa. 
Um, you know, we, um, we sell at Italy some of the best yogurt I think I've ever had, the white mustache. My friend Homa makes it. You know, she had, gave me this great quote. She was, I was like, are you going to be able to sell this yogurt and make it? And she's like, Greg, I could make yogurt with a pot in the middle of the desert. And I thought that was really cool. <laughs> and, you know, uh, and, uh, you know, the tradition is longstanding in those countries. And I think I understand the type of cheese that's made there in the desert. But what kind of cheese do they make in Vietnam? Uh, actually, there is no cheese made in Vietnam. I'm okay. going to promote the French cheeses. Oh, okay. I was like, wow. <laughs> that was... I know there is no. Uh, in India, there are they, yeah. they are doing a lot of ghee and as well paneer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So as, as Mansi told you, she's right. They got a tradition. Uh, but in Vietnam, it's mm, not something really existing as far as I know. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I just, I, I didn't, I didn't think so, but it's cool that you're getting them into that. I think that, um, that, that all cultures should uh, be introduced to cheese and cheesemongery and the passions and everything that goes along with it. You know, I really want to, I want to thank you for your time today, Francois. And, uh, I'm really glad we got you on another line for a better connection because, uh, you had a lot of really great stuff to say. So, um, <laughs> check out Francois if you're a listener and check out the award that he was given. And, uh, just know that there are a bunch of passionate people out there, um, moving the bar higher and higher for cheesemongery um, internationally. Thanks a lot, and uh, stay tuned for more episodes of Cutting the Curd. Thank you again, Francois, and have a wonderful day. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.